Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome to the Situation Room. Welcome to the Situation Room. Welcome to the Situation Room. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Situation Room, and we are excited. Um, I'm here with my co-host, Gabe Ferguson. You guys can check us out on Twitter. He's at Gabe Fergie. I'm at BSL Jordan Co. Um, we are, we, our podcast is hosted on filmstudyravens.com. Um, check it out. Uh, Ken does some amazing work there um, at Film Study Ravens. Um, he's all kinds of great content from him as well, but we are here this week because we got to win, Gabe. This team put a solid game together against the Titans, and I think our butts were a little clinched when this all started. But when when it all settled down, um, it, it wasn't particularly close for this Ravens team. Yeah, um, I think we all were seeing the same nightmare come flash before our eyes again. And then the Ravens settled down, and they got back into their groove, and they started, you know doing what they do best. They they strung together some drives, um, some long drives, and the, the run game looked looked some, a little shaky at first, but they got it working. And and overall we had what I thought was a pretty dominant performance by the by the by the, the Ravens. They had some issues a little bit in the first couple of drives, but they they settled in, like I said, and the defense really stepped up after that that first touch long touchdown touchdown drive and after that, they, the Titans didn't seem to couldn't figure out how to get anything going, and you know the Ravens just were able to to keep the ball moving and and really just get it out in front and not look back. Yeah, and it was we talk about this game a little bit. I think we can we'll probably go over some of the the gaffes or mistakes or the the silly things that that happened in this game that that I think kept the score a lot closer than it was, but. All in all, I thought the Ravens had a really good approach to this game and were pretty successful. You know, um, the one area where they weren't successful was trying to run between the tackles. And it seemed predominantly as though the Titans were not going to let the Ravens run between the tackles. Um, I think you have to stay true and honest at some point to um, trying a little bit of everything. Um, but I think the Ravens should have given up a little bit sooner on some of those runs up the middle. The Titans were just... The Titans were just essentially flooding every single gap. They were they were doing all kinds of stuff, and we'll talk about that. But they were doing all kinds of stuff to essentially prevent the runs that were going to happen in the middle of the field. Um, and so, but you, you know, you take some of that away, and you take some of the mistakes away, and the Ravens really blew the doors off the Titans in this game, even though that's not what the score says. Um, and I was, I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited because we get the opposite of what we had early on in the season, where we saw the Ravens. Winning by a lot, but not putting complete games together, not not playing four quarters well together. And I think you could argue they didn't play well in the first quarter in this game, but just not putting complete games together um, and, and still walking away with really big margins of victory. In this case, I think the Ravens had a good game plan, relatively executed relatively well and won by a much closer margin. Yeah, there, there's a couple of points I'd like to make, but real quick, I just want to look at some of the the box score numbers from this game. And if you look at that, it kind of 
does indicate kind of the dominance that the the Ravens had. So they they basically outgained the Titans by 200 yards. The Ravens had 400 yards of offense, 401 yards. The Titans had 209, 209 yards of offense by the Titans. One of the best offenses in the NFL this season only put up 209 yards of offense. They only had 12 first downs. The Ravens had 22. Um, the Titans were four for 12 on third down conversions. Um, the Ravens were seven for 13 on third down conversions. Um, and yards per play, the Ravens were 6.3 and the Titans were 4.3. A two point difference in yards per play is massive. That's a huge difference. The Ravens really, really, really handle the Titans in this game. And like you said, the box score final score doesn't look like that, but there was a missed field goal by Justin Tucker. There was that fourth down conversion that they should have completed that the BS OPI was called on. Those two plays happen, then maybe that's looking like a, a 17 point victory instead of a seven point victory. So there's a lot of things that could have gone better for the Ravens, but all things considered, they put up a huge, huge performance here. It's kind of fascinating to me as we're, uh, as I'm also looking at the box score here with you, you know, it's incredible that Tennessee had the ball for 26 minutes and 22 seconds, considering they only ran 40 something total plays, I believe. Um, I think one of the part of the Titans game plan, and I think that this is, there's a, if the Ravens go on some kind of crazy run from here, I think that they're going to, to handle other teams better. And I think part of the Titans game plan is essentially like more than anybody is to basically suck all the time out of the game as much as possible. And then try and like force a team like the Ravens, but any team that they're playing into making mistakes during that time um, and then cutting loose for the big plays. Um, it's, it's just really surprising to me that the Ravens didn't have more time of possession when it, when it was all said and done when in, in the stats that we were just talking about. And so I think the Titans have a, it, it just makes me think in this moment that the Titans have a really unique game plan and strategy. And there are things about their team that I don't think any other team and remaining in the playoffs is similar to. Um, and I think that, that that's to the Ravens advantage as well. Yeah. And one of the things that the Ravens had going for them in this game, and it's not something that they've had as much this season as they had last year, but they had a lot of explosive plays and it was in the, in the passing game and in the running game. Um, and, in the running game was mostly Lamar with some of the the pickups he had with his legs, but he also had a number of, of pass plays that were that were really nice in this one. And his total yards were not that high. It was only he only passed 479 yards, and that's not something that looks super impressive in the box score. But he also only had 24 attempts. You know, 7.5 yards per attempt. Um, that's not bad. Like that. That's basically on par for his career average but they were just able to get those kind of chunk yards when they needed them and it wasn't something that they were really putting together these you know long strings of plays 12 15 play drives that we've seen at some points this season the, i think the drives were, were much faster for the most part and it's because they were picking up you know 10 12 15 yards at a time which is something you really like to see and it kind of brings me back to something that i want to talk about in this game because the Ravens did start out slow. Um, the first, obviously, they went three on out on their first drive. The second drive was um, the the interception um, on a deep pass from Lamar Jackson. It was, it was I thought it was a good play call, um, but the the ball was just not put where it had to be. But then after that, they really started doing something differently in their approach. Um, 
started in the, starting in the third drive and then continuing on more so in the second half. But the Ravens really started opening up the game when they started passing on first down, which is something that I've been preaching this entire season and they haven't been doing. They've been running the ball over 60% of the time on first down. They finally kind of put that in the other side and passed closer to 60% of the time. And because of that, they were able to just get these easy completions because, the, the like you said earlier, the Titans were around the line of scrimmage. They were around where the Ravens were because they didn't want to allow these running plays to happen. So when the Ravens adjusted to that after a couple of drives, they started opening up the game because they were able to get these, you know, easy pickups on first down, whether it's to Marquise Brown or whether it was to, you know, Mark Andrews, they did some play action, but it was a huge improvement on what we've seen. And that encourages me a lot because it shows that Greg Roman is paying attention. You know, he's not going to be so stubborn that he's going to try running the ball on first down every single time. They knew that this game had to be won, and they realized that the Titans were, were going to try and stuff them on first down runs. So they opened it up a little bit, and re- they were able to get ahead of things by doing that. Yeah, I, I would pick one slight nit with what you're saying, because I think you're 100% spot on. The Ravens need to hold teams accountable that are going to put guys into the box. We talked about it on the podcast last week. There were plays in the first game against the Titans where they put nine guys in the box. Like, like the Titans were willing to flood the box and dare the Baltimore Ravens to run into it. And so the Ravens needed to have another option to that. I think it felt like the Ravens made a second half adjustment and that opened things up because, first of all, the Ravens had nine plays that they ran in the first quarter, which is ridiculous. Um, and a couple of those were kind of, well, not a couple, well, a couple were very self-inflicted errors. And then the Titans just kind of did that thing where, you know, six minutes off the clock on a 10 play drive. Like that's, that's taking up almost all the time on every single play that you possibly can. They put two decent drives together and poof, there goes an entire quarter. Um, you take that away though. And you take away the two minute drill, which was its own debacle. Um, and the Ravens actually had a touchdown and a field goal in between that and then got right into the second half. So if you take away the first two drives, which were super ugly, and you take away the two-minute drill, which is super ugly, and you you can't necessarily do that, but let's say you take those things away, um, you know, and then you take the touchdown, the field goal, the touchdown coming right back out of it in the second half, um, you know, I think there, were, there was the Ravens' plan all along to some extent, and that they knew what they were going to get is just the drop from Andrews, the interception from Lamar just prevented them from being able to showcase that. And once they were able to string some plays together, they were able to stay on the field and, and, you know, really put some pressure on those guys. Yeah. I think you're probably right because even in that second drive of the game um, where, you know, where Lamar Jackson threw that interception, the first play of that drive was a pass to Brown where they got a nine yard gain and then they were able to, pick up an easy first down on second down because they like to run on second down when second is short, <laughs> which I'm going to harp on every single time they do it. But, um, you know, the second and short play really should have been the play where they took the deep shot probably instead of the first and 10. But I then on first and 10, they did play action and, and took a deep shot, which is something that, you know, th- they've done at times this year. And honestly, like they've had a couple interceptions off those plays. So it's, it's hard to say they're super effective, but, I, I still like that aggressiveness. Both against the Titans. <laughs> yeah, I think against the the Jaguars too. Um, but you know, I I still like taking those shots, and sometimes they're going to not work out. And this one was just like a bad throw. I think it just wasn't where it was supposed to be. And, and Lamar said as much after the after the um, after the game. But 
you know, if you take that away and you, you go with the process, right? And that's, I think that's the, the main takeaway here is that the Ravens decided that they're going to flip the script a little bit. They're going to be a little bit more unpredictable on first down, and they're going to make life easier for their quarterback by not putting him in a lot of third longs because, you know, very, it was, would have been very easy for this game to get out of hand if they had done that run, run, pass kind of thing. And honestly, if, if we're going to talk about run, run, pass, we can talk about the Titans because that's what they did. And it kind of played into the Ravens' hands because they were able to shut down the run on first down, on second down, and then put the Titans in third third down situations. And they did a good job on third down situations. And that was kind of the difference in this game, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked enough about the Ravens' offense. Um, obviously, it's going to be a focal point. Lamar is going to be a focal point. Monkey is off his back in that sense. But look, this game was won by the Baltimore Ravens' defense this week. Hands down, zero questions asked. Um, the this is one of those games where you could have had Trent Dilfer and Jamal Lewis together. And I think the Ravens are still going to find a way to win this game because the defense played so well. Yeah. I mean, this was just the, so what they did, I think in in a lot of ways was pretty simple. They, they didn't really dictate so much as they just let the Titans kind of do their thing with, with their heavy personnel. The Titans run a lot of 12, 21, you know, fullback on the field or in lot 12 with two tight ends. And the Ravens countered that with their base package. And they just had seven or eight in the box and they played really, really sound run defense. And they kind of didn't ever allow Henry to get going. The longest run he had in the entire game was eight yards. And the Ravens just played better up front. They didn't allow the Titans to push them around in the run game. And they just held firm and they it, it, you're right. It wouldn't have mattered who was who's running the ball. There just wasn't anywhere to run, and and they didn't miss tackles, and they played sound football. And this is what you expect from the Ravens when they invest in their run defense like they did. When you bring in a guy like Calais Campbell, when you bring in a guy like Derek Wolf, when you still have Brand Williams up the middle, you you would expect them to be one of the better run defending teams in the NFL. And I think they went out and showed that today. Yeah, you know, the credit, I think, in the run defense this week, um, and, and I think the interior guys that you just named all played well. Um, Campbell, by by my eye, and I, I'm not looking at the snap counts right now, seemed to still be playing a little bit less than I thought he might have in this game overall. Um, but that just might be selective memory. Um, but, but look, the, this game was won actually by the linebackers. The edge defenders, I don't know who got in their heads, but – Somebody got in these guys' heads before they came into this game, and they said, you guys are getting beat on the edge by tight ends. You can't let that happen. Matt Judon, you cannot be beaten by a tight end in this game. Do not let a tight end beat you in, in run blocking. Pernell McPhee, you can own these tight ends on the ends. Do not let them get outside of you. Push them back into the backfield. Seal the gap. Let the like the, let the defensive end, the, the kind of the third end there in the five-tech, push his guy into you. Hold your ground. Let the gap evaporate, and then let somebody behind them flow through. Um, the other thing I thought the defensive line did really well in this game is that they played through the blocks. Um, I think that there's a tendency for defensive linemen to want to try and like engage their blocker, shed, and then find their way to um, find their way to the running back and to actually make the tackle and make the stop. Um, and those are highlight stops whenever those kind of things happen, but they're not necessary. If you can if you can maintain your block and play through it, not let the Titans in particular do these combo blocks where a second guy will he'll block a guy and then kind of release when he thinks he's by the play so they can get up to the second level and take that guy away. 
the Ravens took that away this game because they blocked through the primary block and they didn't let those guys get to the second level. They just held their ground. They were stout in their gaps. And collectively they said, okay, we're going to clean this up and we're not going to let these guys get to the second level. And that's going to help us stop Henry. And it worked. Yeah. And the thing about the Titans run game, so they're kind of in the, the Kubiak Shanahan um, line of, of run offense where they do a lot of wide zone and they pretty much did that the entire game and they never really deviated from that they didn't kind of do any interesting wrinkles they didn't do any kind of you know reverses or motions to their wide receivers they kind of kept it very simple and there wasn't very much creativity and they just kind of were like well our 2000 yard rusher has done this all year and we're just going to keep feeding him in the same exact manner and the ravens defended it like it was without when you don't have any new kind of change to it it got stale and the, and the ravens have the guys up front that can handle that they have i mean we've talked about the defensive line and the outside linebackers um i think pernell mcphee like you mentioned had a fantastic game both um especially setting the edge um he i think he was one of the he, i don't know if he led the team in tackles he did he did he led the team in tackles in this game pernell mcphee and he's been you know one of their better um pass rushers at, in a, on a limited basis but in this game he was really used as a run stopper and he did a phenomenal job at that i think he had a couple big hits on derrick henry like early on and he, like henry never really got it going and and he's a big reason why and um i thought judon like you said also he kind of stepped up he played really well as a run defender that's something that we've harped on him for for years he's never been a super stout guy on the edge but he had a great game and they 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 didn't allow henry to get going he never had a a carry over eight yards so most of the carries were for two or three yards i mean 18 carries 40 yards like come on i've got to go back and look at the previous titans game from this year and um the playoff game from last year but my hunch is that the tight ends were beating the outside guys um on those plays and that was what was kind of allowing and opening up the success there it was widening that c gap pretty wide and then the interior guys would release and get up to the second level and then that's what would let henry get through those gaps um and mcphee and judon we can put a highlight reel together just did not let those guys on the edge get anything and that that's part of why they were able to get into the backfield that's part of why they were able to get those hits there were times where there was a play where mcphee literally just threw a tight end to the ground and then ran and tackled Henry. Um, and that's what should be happening. I mean, your, your ends should be doing that. And it seems like that's what, that's what the approach the Ravens wanted from those guys. They wanted to be physical at the end, um, you know, and, and, and keeping that point of attack there and keeping Henry funneled into the middle of that defense. But, you know, Patrick Queen also played, I think a really good game. Um, and, Quietly so. I mean, he did have a terrible play on kind of that crosser where he needs to be able to to help and take that away. But even if he doesn't do that, I think that Tannehill can kind of loft it over his head. That receiver was running open anyway, so it's misplayed by him. But I think that I think that they that may have been undefendable anyway. The way the Ravens had decided to try and defend that play. Um, but I thought Patrick Queen played really well in run support, staying in his lane, staying in his gap, playing kind of in between there and forcing Henry to kind of try and come back and run through him. But I also thought he played a really physical game. There are a couple times where he had some pretty big hits, I thought, on on a few guys in this game. Um, and it was nice to see Patrick Queen step up and have, have a good game, especially when they needed one um, against a guy like Henry. 
Yeah, one of one of my takeaways from the Ravens defensively was their personnel usage. And, and I mentioned they were in base a lot, but the players that they had active and the players that they had on the field was interesting because they actually had um, Harrison out there quite a bit, Malik Harrison. Um, and he's someone who's kind of been in and out of the lineup. He normally plays around 15, 20 snaps a game. I think he was a little above that. And um, Fort was kind of only out there, mostly on, on passing plays. Um, and then um, Queen was out there for most of the snaps at, at linebacker. He was off for a few snaps as well. But then um, at outside linebacker, they had they had Ward, Jihad Ward, um, as kind of one of the rotational defensive ends slash outside linebackers. And, you know, he, I thought he played well as well. He had that re- one really nice play where he got in the face of of uh, Tannehill and, and batted the pass and almost had an interception there, honestly, and then was able to take down Tannehill, who stupidly caught the ball. Um, that was, you know, I think a really big play, actually, in the, in the large scheme of things, because the, I think the Ravens had just scored on that. They either tied it at 10 or they just scored a field goal. I, I forget, but... Um, I think they had just tied it and the Tennessee could have obviously driven down the field, but they put them in a second and 20 right off the bat. And they went three and out on that because of that play. So, you know, just having those kind of plays that really set back a, an offense, and, you know, that doesn't count in the, in the stat sheet, like a sack would, but essentially has the same effect. So there's, there's a lot of players that the Ravens had out there that were just playing at their best, put in position to succeed. And they did just that. Yeah, and the Ravens were really good on third down in this game. You know, we haven't seen that as much, but, it, you know, it seemed like the Titans were not going to try and spread the Ravens out. They weren't going to try and kind of zip and throw the ball all over the all over the field. And that's understandable given their kind of game plan um, and their personnel. But for the most part, the Ravens forced the Titans to make really good throws in those situations. And I thought the combination of the pressure packages um, as well as the play by the secondary really made that happen. And it's, I, I think it's really easy to look at Marlon Humphrey and the first quarter of this game, which I, I mean, we can just put the first quarter of this game in a dumpster, light it on fire and forget about it. But um, it's really easy to look at Marlon Humphrey's performance in that quarter quarter and say, Oh, well he was going to, he had a bad game or was going to have a bad game. Um but the first completion to A.J. Brown was just – I mean, that was a phenomenal throw and a phenomenal catch um, by A.J. Brown and uh, – by Tannehill and Brown. And, and Marlon Humphrey is running on Brown's hip on that play, and he is there. His hand is up. I mean, I, I don't know what more you could ask for from a defender. Now, the next play is this little crosser um, where Brown just gets away from Humphrey, and that's a play that you can't have happen. I put that one on him. But beyond that, I thought Humphrey played – actually a pretty good game. He broke up a big pass right after the ward play that you were talking about to not let them get to kind of third and 10 um, in uh, on that drive right after the Ravens had tied the score. Um, and otherwise, you know, we didn't really hear or see his name otherwise. And the Ravens kind of kept everything underneath and kept everything in check. I think there were a couple of times where Tannehill was looking down the field um, and it wasn't there for him. Um, and so the Ravens just, you know, this was, Maybe because the defense is healthier than it's been in a while. Um, but this felt like the kind of Wink Martindale called game that we've been looking for for 10 weeks <laughs> for, for, for some amount of time. And maybe maybe personnel has everything to do with that. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think having everyone available is definitely helpful because the Ravens have been you know knocked up all year. And they basically have their entire defense healthy for this game, aside from uh, Tavon Young, who was obviously lost very early in the season. Um, but... 
I, I completely agree with you. This was a really, really good game. Even though the Ravens didn't have the big like sack numbers, they were getting a lot of pressure on Tannehill. Um, he was underdressed a lot. He had to kind of get rid of the ball before he probably wanted to on several occasions. Um, and, and I completely agree with you on Humphrey. Um, even, you know, the touchdown he let up, I think that was clearly an offensive pass interference. Um, and even, about that one. even that play that you mentioned where, you know, he was guarding Brown in the slot and it was kind of like a, a crosser and crossing route. That's like almost an impossible route to cover um, when, when he doesn't have any help underneath. Um, he's basically got a two-way go or three-way go, basically trying to guard one of the most physical and, and like best wide receivers in in the NFL. And and he wasn't like letting him wide open, but you know that's going to be an advantage receiver. You know, ten times out of ten, and any any single coverage on like a slot guy is going to be a slot guy who's super good, like AJ Brown, is going to be very difficult. So I'm not going to give him crap. That was probably the most separation that he allowed. Brown to have on him in the entire game. Um, so I completely agree with you. I thought Humphrey played phenomenally well. The entire secondary, honestly. It was such a good performance. Um, and getting back to the, the Ravens' effectiveness on defense on third down, they basically were tasked with man coverage on almost every single third down. And I think the, the Titans didn't get one first down conversion running the ball. Every single time they passed it, or oh, yeah, made... no, 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 third down conversions. Yeah, they, they had, had a fourth one, down sneak. Yeah. They had a fourth yeah. down sneak with Tanhill, but they were passing on pretty much every third down, even some third and shorts, and which is which is kind of remarkable to consider. I think they went for one third and short and they got stuffed, um, and that was all because the Ravens were phenomenal in coverage, and it it wasn't just Humphrey. It was it was Peters, it was Jimmy Smith, it was their um, you know the linebackers doing their jobs, it was the safeties doing their jobs, everybody was dialed in and focused and they were, they knew exactly what they were doing. And it was, it was really, really impressive. And I think this is the kind of defensive effort that you kind of expected from, from the Ravens this year. This is what I was expecting when in the off season, I said, you know, the Ravens could have the best defense in the NFL. And statistically they did have one of the best defenses, defenses in the NFL, even if they didn't get there with some of the stats, but overall, like this is the performance that they're capable of if they play at their highest level. Yeah, the Titans had one first down conversion in any down running the ball the entire game. And it was on the last drive when they sneak they there was the quarterback sneak on fourth down. That was the only time that a first down was granted to the Titans running the ball in that entire game. That is a phenomenal statistic and an absolute tribute to what we saw from that third down defense, but also from I think some of the fear that the Titans had about how good the Ravens were defending the run. I think that some of those, you know, those short yardage runs, they were they were looking to pass because one, I think they were trying to set the Ravens up, but two, I think that they didn't they weren't seeing it as being successful like they usually do. And it wasn't easy to just kind of line it up and run it and, and stuff it in. Um and we saw some really big plays. I mean, Derek Wolf had the the really great sack on the stunt, um, you know, on, on one of the third downs. Deshaun Elliott with the ball that he separated in in the one on the one play, I thought was really good. Um, there were a couple other kind of moments where the Ravens just on third downs, they they just weren't going to relent and they weren't going to let it get away, and they they seemed really focused. And so I, I just hope that focus carries over. Um, you know, to the, these next few games that are coming up. But, um, you know, I, it's a performance that we haven't seen from this Ravens defense in some time. Yeah, it's definitely good to see because I, I think it's fair to say that the Ravens defense 
you know, aside from that week 17 performance where they just dominated the Bengals, they, they kind of had slipped a little bit down the stretch. They had let up some, some uncharacteristic plays. Um, and, you know, the run defense was kind of shoddy at times, but none of that showed up this week. Their, their defense was, was absolutely dominant. And I, I, I was just, so, I was so impressed. And, you know, you, you mentioned some of the players that, you know, and some of the plays that were impressive. Um, I want to talk real quick about that Elliott play where he broke up. Um, that was, I think it was a third and two. And yep. this is one of the few third down plays where the Ravens actually weren't in man. I think they were in, it looked like a cover three. And I think that Elliott had kind of a robber. It was, it was like a, a robber. And he kind of just had, he saw the guy coming open. I think it was Johnny Smith. Um, and he just like a bullet or like a rocket. He was there. He got there right when he had to with the ball getting there. And he just put, lay the lumber on Johnny Smith and Smith obviously, you know, was separated from the ball immediately. Um, didn't convert the third down. I think this was a really, really key play as well because the next play, the Titans punted and this was on the Ravens 40 yard line. So they could have easily, easily, if they converted that, they could have taken it down and scored there. But for some reason they decided maybe because they had been so ineffective on third and short, um, that they weren't going to try and convert on that fourth and short, and the Ravens got you know the ball right back on on a on a possession where it looked like the Titans might have been able to you know make some noise there. I couldn't believe the Titans punted the ball there. Yeah, <laughs> that that's like the biggest chicken you know punt of of all time. I mean, maybe not all time, but like I, I was just stunned that they I was stunned that they punted the ball there. Um, you know, Baltimore at least seemed like they had some momentum. Yeah, they, they had gotten that three and out because like just before that, I, I think, which was more on the Ravens as a, than it was on the Titans. Um, and and I just couldn't, I, I, I was really surprised when they did that. Um, yeah, I was surprised too, especially because, you know, they, they, they hadn't been doing so well um, on offense after that first couple, after the first drive, basically after that second drive. And they were down in Ravens, territory and they didn't know when they that might happen again but uh, i think they were they were thinking was you know they're they have one of really good punters in the game and he had pinned the ravens a couple times he had done some really good job and they thought maybe they would be able to pin them inside like the five yard line or something from there but he actually had one of his worst punts and it was only like a 23 yard punt um the ravens got the ball back and that you know that, that, i think that was one of the the really the deciding key tipping points in, in the game right there yeah, it, I, I'm trying to decide if I thought that punt was worse or Pittsburgh punting in um, the second quarter of um, the evening game. Like, same kind of story, same, same-ish same spot on the field. I mean, even if you pin them, you're, you're still only gaining 30 to 35 yards of field position at best. And so... Um, you know, I, I guess that's why I guess that's why that surprised me. Plus, they had just kind of gotten gifted a miss kick by Tucker, um, you know, and I think it's worth pointing out right here. You know, we're talking a little bit about the defense, but the, a confluence of things seemed to go against the Ravens in this game. Um, I think that the, the officiating was really poor. They, they definitely missed the the push off by A.J. Brown on Marlon Humphrey. Like that has to be called. Like if a defender does that, then you're going to see, you know, and makes an interception, you're going to see a call for pass interference 10 times out of 10. They've got to be able to make that call. Um, the Derek Wolf roughing the passer call where he didn't even wrap up and he just kind of ran into him. The Willie Sneed, like block with his butt like kind of thing that was not smart by Snead because the play was way out in front of where it needed to be for him and he wasn't really going to influence whether or not it made a first down 
Um, I think some of that is instinctual, but that that is that certainly is not as bad as some of the other pass interferences you'll see. Um, there was a big third down conversion for the Titans before the AJ Brown touchdown, um, and you basically see AJ Brown put his arms around Marcus Peters to free the receiver to come underneath him and basically prevent board from being able to move through that space. Right. And so like all of those calls combined, I think led to kind of some poor officiating. Um, you saw Justin Tucker slip on that kick that, that that's a kick that he makes. I think if he doesn't slip, he, he makes that he's, we're talking about a kicker that slipped and missed a kick by inches, right? Like that's how good Justin Tucker is at what he does. Um, and then, and then you saw kind of the the Ravens out of their element, kind of in that first quarter, where you see Lamar just kind of throw the ball up to nobody. Um, you see Andrews drop that one pass. It just felt like it felt like things weren't in sync in those moments. And all those things that seems like almost everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Um, over the balance of this game. And yet we still see the Ravens win by this wide margin. And I think a lot of that is attributed to this total defensive performance that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it, I think if you look at the stats after just that one drive that the, the Titans had to score a touchdown, it's like, it's just so dominant. Like the, the yards per play, like everything. It was just, they, the Ravens just completely owned them. And, you know, it was a really a team effort. I think everybody really played well. You know, I had Matt Abike, on a few plays that he hit a few nice stuffs in the run. He had a batted pass. Um, I thought he played really well. Um, you know, I thought Ngakwe had a few really nice pressures. He almost had a strip sack. He was a few inches away from getting a strip sack on one of the drives that the Titans got down into the uh, red zone. Um, and I thought, you know, he didn't have much in the stat sheet, but as a pass rusher, I think he really made some noise. Um, and then I think Judon um, had a nice all-around game. He had a tackle for loss that was that was nice he had some um some pressures as well so like i think you know you could look at every single player on the ravens defense and say that they had a, a significant contribution in this game and that's that just goes to show you the kind of focus that they had i think going into this one and they didn't want to get embarrassed again by the same team and they really want to show up and 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 really um you know make 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 the city of baltimore proud so let's talk about marcus peters and let's talk about the logo. What did you, what did you, you know, I, Peters, I, I thought also played a pretty good game or, or a very good game overall. Um, he was locked in on that pass from Tannehill, whether or not he was going to pick it or not, he was certainly going to break it up or, or try and make a play on that ball. He saw what was happening and what was going on with it. But I think the big question is, what do you think about what they did on the logo? I thought it was great. I loved it. Um, I don't think it, it should have been a taunting call. They weren't like, making direct fun of anybody on the Titans. It wasn't like in their face players go and celebrate in the end zone after every single turnover. How come you can't do it on midfield? It makes zero difference. I I don't get why that's a taunting penalty. I think that's another example of the referees kind of sticking it to the Ravens. Um, So maybe you don't have to do that, but clearly that was something that they had planned if if things were going right. So I I love to see it. And at that point in the game, it didn't really matter. It was, it was pretty much going to be over either way, I think, but, I think it was still a crap penalty. Yeah, you know, my initial reaction was that I also thought that it was kind of a BS penalty. But after going back and watching it a second time, um, when I watched the when when I rewatched the game in slow mo, um, 
it was pretty taunt directive. It was not like a team celebration out on the Titans logo. Like I think if they were all kind of like doing that thing where like pretending to take pictures or like just doing some kind of celebration, um, that'd be one thing. Or even if it was just all of them standing on the logo and waving to the Titans, I think that would have been okay. But like, there were guys like laying on the logo. There were guys like stomping on the logo. There were guys like flipping off the other team. There were guys waving. Like it, it was, it was, uh, it was a collective taunt. <laughs> I, I've, 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 I loved it, and I absolutely like. I like the swagger, and I think they should have taken the penalty. I 100 percent like the game wasn't over, but the game was basically over at that point. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with them taking the penalty because of that circumstance. Um. But I've I've evolved on my position. Initially, I was saying what you were saying, but now watching it again, um, and maybe maybe we'll try and throw it up on Twitter. Um, there was a lot going on on that, <laughs> on there in terms of taunting. But but you know what? That's what the Titans deserve. Um, you know, there was a point in the game where um, Malcolm Butler directly flipped off Lamar Jackson during this game during an exchange. Like that kind of stuff is just not necessary. Um, and the Titans are one of the whiniest teams in the league. And I don't feel bad for them at all. Yeah, I mean, it stems from the head coach. He's he's a whiny head coach. He was complaining after the game about the officiating when the officials were on his side throughout the entire game. Maybe he didn't notice, but all the things that were like close went his team's way. He was complaining about there should have been a DPI against Peters on that interception. That's ridiculous. That was nothing yeah. close to an intercept or defensive pass interference. Like, give me a break. Like that was I don't know. Vrabel needs to shut up, and he's been a punk this entire time, and it, and I don't really care to say much more about it. But I think anytime, anytime you have leadership that acts that way, it trickles down to their players. And I think that's apparent. Yeah. So you know, I, you know, talk. Let's talk a little bit about the offense. I think we've already kind of previewed it, but I think there are a couple individual things that that are worth kind of digging into overall as a result of this game. And you know, one of them I mentioned right up at the top which was connected a little bit more towards kind of stopping the run and this perception that it seemed like the Titans were stopping the run. Um, and certainly from the perspective of between the hashes or between the tackles, they were stuffing the run. I thought that they did a pretty good job. Um, but at the same time, the Titans were essentially selling out to those gaps on every single one of those plays and their eyes were a hundred percent locked into the backfield. And, and look, the Titans deserve some credit here, right? Like, they were making sure that like there were plays where defensive linemen were coming off their linemen. And we've seen the Ravens actually do this kind of thing sometimes where the defensive defensive linemen were actually disengaging from the offensive linemen um, and waiting and watching what was happening in the backfield before they made a move. Um, and I'm interested to see whether other teams in the league are going to replicate this. Um, when the Ravens ran some of that like counter, like the counter bash, like the double, the double offensive lineman pool plays, um, instead of having the Titans chase the play on the backside and eliminate eliminate the option for um, for the running back to basically kind of get tracked down by the defensive lineman, they actually had them stay in their spot. So the two guys would pull off, and essentially the defensive lineman just stood there and stood pat and watched the exchange, explicitly watched the exchange between Lamar and the running back and then made a decision based on what was happening with the ball. And it seemed like to me – some of, the, some of the effectiveness, and the Titans, again, weren't perfect on this. I mean, if we look at the box score um, and you look at what the numbers were, um, the Ravens averaged 6.7 a carry. You could take out the Marquise Brown kind of carry, carries because they were throws. 
I don't ever want to see the second one of those ever happen again. I am but, sorry, Nick. <laughs> oh my God. But Dobbins and Edwards put up 4.8 a carry. So I, I don't think that it was entirely ineffective. Um, I think when they were trying to run up the middle, it was less effective. And I think that the Ravens needed to be more forceful about trying to get to the edges. Sometimes they, they got coy about it. And there were, there are just, there are times where, you need to be determined to get to the outside edge, but just like willing to like shimmy your shoulders or make it seem like you're going to cut it up. But really, you're just going all the way to the edge the whole way. It seemed like the Ravens still, even later in the game, at times were trying to attack in the middle. Um, and it just wasn't there. And and that's what the Titans decided they were going to take away. And eventually, the Ravens just got to the edge and they got to the flats and they attacked them that way. And the Titans really didn't have an answer. Yeah, I, th- I think anytime you run the kind of... Re- I don't want to say, I guess a read option style offense that, that, that the Ravens do. Um, and I, I'm not sure how many true reads they still have in, in their offense. It's not, it's not a lot, but it's definitely happening every once in a while. It, there's definitely the, the ability to have, make the wrong read. And, and sometimes there's also the ability of the, the back or, or the quarterback in, in this instance to kind of take the wrong gap. And I think we saw that a couple of times in this game. Um, I saw at least one that Dobbins had where he cut back inside where he could have gotten the edge. He had a blocker out in front of him um, on the edge. And instead he, he kind of like took it inside lane and, and picked up like three or four yards. If he'd gone outside, he probably would have picked up 10, 15 yards. Um, I think, you know, Jackson might have had a couple, couple plays like that as well. Um, that's something that, you know, you're not going to be 100% on. Like, you're not going to get the right gap every single time in this type of a scheme. Um, and and it's because of the way that the play is designed that you have options. You have different ways you can take the ball. Um, but in general, when the Ravens did get the edge, they were very effective. You know, you know Dobbins had, did have a couple of nice uh, 10, 11-yard runs off the edge. You know, Gus Edwards hit the edge a couple of times. Jackson himself had a few nice chunk gains on some quarterback keepers. Um, designed runs for him that he was able to pick up, you know, 15, 20, 25 yards. Um, and, you know, if we're talking about, you know, how well the offense played, I think we had to start with Lamar Jackson, right? You know, we, I mentioned earlier his passing numbers weren't that incredible, but his running numbers, 16 carries for 136 yards, that's game-breaking. You know, obviously the touchdown, you know, Harbaugh after the game said it was the most impressive um, quarterback run he's ever seen and like when I thought about that I thought that's kind of hy- hyperbolic um, and, you, and you could think back to maybe like Colin Kaepernick back back when, in his prime when, when he was tearing apart like Green Bay you, you saw some of that but that was more of beating one or two players and, and just having an open field in this play Lamar Jackson essentially beat the entire Titans defense it was literally the entire defense he escaped their pass rush which was four guys he beat one guy in the open field to pick up the first down. And then he just ran past their entire secondary. I think if you, you know, those dots things where you, you can watch like the guys as, as dots and like the little video animation, watch that play on the dots. It's amazing. You see the entire defense look like they have a shot at him, but none of them could get him. And he beat everybody to that pylon. It was one of the most impressive runs not just by a quarterback but by any player i've ever seen it was an amazing play going back and re-watching that a couple times over i was like amazed that he was able to score a touchdown that it was incredible yeah there were you know i thought lamar obviously lamar played a phenomenal game um you know he had a couple a couple big runs that you just talked about i think you know the one knock i would put on him beyond 
the Blakey interception. And we can talk about that. That was just a bad throw by Lamar. He had him. They had it set up. It was one-on-one. It reminded me of the DuVernay play in the prior Titans game. I don't know what it is. The Titans must do some kind of have some kind of like voodoo thing out for Lamar because it just seems like he makes some boneheaded decisions against them from time to time. Um, but there were a few moments where it felt like Lamar was a little bit of the first half Lamar and a little bit of less of the second half Lamar in this game where he didn't break the pocket quite as fast as I thought he should have. And the Titans were able to collapse the pocket a little bit more and contain him a little bit more. Um, and if he would have tried to break out a little bit sooner, I think that there would have been more there or more pressure. Um, the Titans did a pretty good job of kind of running a contain ish kind of pass rush and kind of keeping him to the interior. But um, all in all, yeah, I, I mean, Lamar and the running game were absolutely d- dynamic again. 236 yards on the ground. And you you got to believe that Mike Rabel did not want to let Lamar have 135 rushing yards. So, and that 16 had two kneels in there. I think that's actually 14 carries for 138 yards. If we want to kind of spin that around a little bit. Um, so all in all, you know, a phenomenal game from them. You know, my first takeaway after finishing watching the game was the offensive line didn't play that well. Um, and after we, you know, in the five sacks, you look at the box score and it's like, oh, five sacks. Yeah, they didn't play as well. And then two of them were super memorable, right? Because one was in the red zone. Um, and then and in the one in the red zone, Powers and McCarty just both got schooled. Like, I don't know what happened, but Powers gets pushed all the way back up into the pocket. And that would have been okay if McCarty also wouldn't have gotten pushed back into the pocket. Um, but if one of those guys could have held their block, then they would have been fine on that play. Um, and then, um, you know, the other was the one where Lamar just held the ball forever and he didn't try and break the pocket and he didn't try and kind of, he was looking downfield and nobody was there. And that was one of the ones where I think he should have broken the pocket a little bit sooner, but after kind of second review, it, it seemed like the offensive line played fine. It was just that the Titans kept seven or eight or nine guys in and around the box on every play. And after like, it seemed like if it was a defensive back that was either like on a spy or whatever, there was kind of like a one or two count. And at a certain point, his job was also to blitz at that point, like be a delayed blitzer and like just pop the bubble on the pocket and and try and force Lamar to do something and not let him set something up. And I think that's where where some of the rushing and the setup comes. And so I'll be also interested to see if if Buffalo tries to replicate any of that action. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of teams are probably going to do. I think it's a smart way of defending Lamar is having that guy um, sit there as a spy and then if, if, if he doesn't have an immediate, you know, scramble, just kind of go in there and, and try and pressure him. You know, not not so different from like a green dog blitz or something like that. Um, I think that's a good way. And it also kind of throws off the, the timing of the quarterback too because he might not be expecting that, that late pressure. Um, so that's something that's definitely, I think, that you're going to want to account for um, moving forward, but I yeah, and I think you're right to you know kind of quibble a little bit with with Lamar Jackson. I think his his pocket movement could have been better in this game. Um, he could he probably could have made a, deci- a few decisions, getting rid of the ball earlier, maybe scrambling a little earlier. Um, but you know some of some of that issue, some of those issues came on the um, on the I guess it was that two minute drill where. I don't know for whatever reason he seemed to want to attack downfield passing the ball instead of using his legs. Um, and I don't know, without the all 22 out, it's hard to really see what the coverage was like downfield or and what, whether he had running lanes or not for sure. Um, but I, I think for the most part, he did play a really good game. And I think that 
you know, if this is the kind of floor that we're going to get from him um, moving forward, I think it's it's going to be a pretty impressive, um, you know, down the stretch Lamar Jackson that we're going to see. Yeah, I just think he needs to move on from some of his keys a little bit sooner. Um, and if he's able to do that, I think they'll be in fine shape. Um, but, you know, uh, the Ravens finally put together, I think, a, a competent passing attack for a team that kind of huddles or mud, mud huddles, muddles the middle of the field like that. We saw a lot of outs. We saw like those quick swing passes when the cornerbacks weren't playing tight coverage um, to Hollywood um, and a couple others. Um, we saw the flat passes to Ricard. Um, we saw some of those to Andrews as well. Um, you know, that that forces the defenders to come down a little bit. It forces the defenders to widen out a little bit. Um, the Titans didn't adjust or they continue to let them have that in the flat. And the Ravens rode it all the way down the field to start the second half um, and and started out kind of riding it again on the drive right after that, did it twice had a third and two or third and three and decided to try and run up the middle. And it's like, to me, like I get that they were trying to set that up, but at some point you have to force the other team to, to show you that they've, they've adjusted the, def- the defense. And obviously to that point, I don't think the Titans had, um, but those quick outs, the flats, like that kind of passing action being the counter move that the Ravens have to teams packing the box that could be a, that could be the difference maker between this team kind of getting bounced in a game that a couple things go the wrong way against them in the next few rounds of the playoffs or them winning the Super Bowl to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's one of the things that I really liked about this game was was it seemed like that was a, a distinct and direct adjustment that Greg Roman made, especially in the second half, was taking advantage of the way that the, the Chiefs were were defending the Ravens offense and they were allowing that space to be basically unoccupied and especially getting ahead of yourself there champ (laughs) the Titans and I think you know I mean that's that's something we've seen other teams do as well and the Ravens haven't really taken advantage of it in the past and for whatever reason you know Roman kind of didn't or wasn't so stubborn in this game that he was like I am going to just take what the defense is giving me here and we're going to pick up, you know, five, six, sometimes 10, 11 yards on these, you know, these simple out passes, whether it's to Hollywood or to Patrick Ricard or to Mark Andrews. And thank you. And we'll get you on the next play. And and when you have that as an option, it really is forcing the defense to defend the entire field. And if, if, you, if they do that, the Ravens have, you know, the scheme and the playmakers that take advantage of use one way or the other. So either the defense is going to try and take away the run and pack the box like the Titans did, or they're going to have to, you know, cover the entire field and you can't really do both. And if you, if you, if the Ravens can spread out teams and then run that run at them, then great, do that. I think that's a great way of, of attacking a defense. If, if they want to, you know, use a light box and, and only, um, only play, you know, like six or seven people in there, then you can run on them. And I think that's something that the Ravens can do. And then they also show that they can pass as well. So I think this is really a great um, sign for the future. I think the Ravens are going to continue, hopefully, to use this type of approach and not be so predictable on first down. And realize that, you know, a a pass play to Patrick Ricard is, is for 10 yards, is just as good, if not better, than a run to, to Mark or to J.K. Dobbins. And, um, as long as you're able to, you know, be in positive down distance, no matter how you get there, I think that's that's all that matters. Two quibbles on my part with Greg Roman this week. One, I don't think that they ran enough kind of motion action in this game to simulate side to side stress. 
So I think one of the things that worked really well the last five weeks was this kind of like it could go either way motion kind of on offense being a little bit more spread out and kind of forcing the issue pre-snap to like not only are you giving people kind of not only are you putting them into conflict once the play is operating, but you're putting them into play before the you're putting them in conflict before the play is operating. We didn't see as much of that. Obviously, the orbit play to Hollywood that was the rushes, which really should have just been catches um, that gave us all heart attacks on the second one where it almost just flung into the end zone off of Hollywood's helmet. But, um, you know, even beyond like like I'll just I'm going to pause here for a second. Why not make that a forward pass? Like, what about that play necessitates that being a backwards pass? I guess only if you're setting it up for a Hollywood to throw a pass down the field to someone else in a future game. Otherwise, just throw the ball, like, make it, like, let him get a running start and let it be a forward pass. Well, I I think that is the thing. If you catch him at, in a, as a, like, a lateral, I guess technically that's what it is, is a lateral you can have him going full speed when he catches it. So you have him like just as like a bolt up the up the line up the line on the outside, catching it in stride, as opposed to standing there at the line of scrimmage, catching it as a forward pass and then having to accelerate. So you have him in space with momentum and I think to a certain extent that worked both times it was used, but it was still terrifying. Especially inside the ten your own ten, that play I I was I was un- I was aghast after that play. I was like, "Oh my god, you actually d- ran that play in this situation," um, and it kind of worked, I guess. It was like a five-yard pickup, but please don't do that again. <laughs> right. So, anyway, getting back to it, I'd love to see them put more conflict on the defense there. You know, maybe the Ravens thought that it just wouldn't be created because the Titans keep too many people in the box, but I I don't know that I agree with that. Um, and it felt like they were going a little heavier with their personnel earlier in the game, but kind of adjusted quickly. And again, we don't really know because those drives got short-circuited so quickly. So one, I want to see more kind of side-to-side conflict. Two, can we please get rid of the five wide plays from this team? Like, I'm I'm almost positive that the sacks, both of the sacks that happened were out of those five wide sets. It's just like, take take those take those out of the playbook. Like, like just take them out of the playbook. There, there's no reason at a minimum if you want to run that, put Dobbins on the outside and put him at least in motion. So he's in the backfield when you're snapping the ball. Um, they were a failure again this week. They've been a failure all year this year. I know they worked last year. They're not working this year because we don't have the offensive line for it. Greg Roman, you just got to let it go, man. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it's, it's kind of wild because the Ravens were so effective out of empty last year, like incredibly so. And this year, they've it's been, just been the complete reverse. Like every, I think every single time they went empty in this game, it was it was a bad play for them. I don't think there was any successful plays out of that alignment. So yeah, I completely agree. And w- one of the things that I really liked about this this game as well was just how much they used play action. It seemed like you know almost like at least half of the dropbacks were on play action, um, and that's just exactly what you should be doing when your team that's is you know run heavy as as the Ravens and a team that is going to demand teams to respect their run. Just having those you know whatever half step or half second that you freeze the linebackers or give them make them take a false step that gives you the advantage every single time. It doesn't really affect the cadence so much because they don't do a really true play action where they you know have the quarterback um, you know turn his back to the the defense so he can Jackson can you know show the ball and 
give the look of a play action considering the way the Ravens run the ball and still have his eyes down the field and know where he wants to go with it. So I think that's something that they should use at least half the time, if not more. Yeah. And, and these early down passes to Hollywood were a success. And, you know, if there's a game ball beyond Lamar on the offense that needs to be given out, I think Ricard is in the conversation for that because he added a dynamic there and, and just like was really physical in that process. But it goes to it goes to Marquise Brown. I mean, in reality, he had nine catches for 130 yards. He didn't have a touchdown, but he had a huge influence on this game. Um, he was a guy that the Titans were determined to kind of let be the guy to beat them um, in those situations. If you looked at on a, the the drop from the Mark Andrews on the first drive, it's like Mark Andrews is running kind of like the skinny post, and um, Brown is running the post behind him, and he is wide. Yep freaking open um and and it was obvious i I think it's not just obvious it won't just be the titans that are going to play tighter to andrews than they are to anybody else um and so like double post high low action between andrews and brown should be a staple brown has earned the trust of jackson they seem to be in sync they were in sync on that deep pass when they get the one-on-one um you know I, i think that i you know it's a big step for Hollywood overall. It's a big step for the Ravens confidence and what they have in the wide receiver position. But most of all, it was just a really great game from him this week. Yeah. And that, that fade pass to, to Brown that you mentioned, that was a, that was a money pass and it was a great reception. Um, that I think that was, was that also a first down? I think that was a play action pass on first down. No, I, mean, I think it was second down. Sorry. Um, but you know, those are the kind of plays that you want to see the Ravens take take those kind of shots like three, four times a game, because especially if you can do like kind of like a corner or like a slot fade, you know, out, out of the slot, Brown is going to be open on that play. Like that he can create that separation. Jackson has demonstrated that accuracy to be able to, to make those throws pretty consistently. Um, he gets a little bit more in trouble when, when the ball is more like 40 yards down the field. That's when he starts to see some of those, those interceptions show up on in the stat book. But like, in the, I would say the 15 to 30 yard range, he's been really accurate. Um, and I think that's somewhere that you want to see him attacking defenses more and more. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's a pretty good wrap on, on this week's game, but we're going to take a look ahead to Buffalo, um, try and take a look at kind of what they've done to some of these other teams, maybe take a look back at their game against Baltimore last year um, and see if we can get some analysis out on this upcoming game. But um, I'm excited that we get a, an extra week that we don't have to play the chiefs. Um, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be a little softer on defense than um, the Titans were. I think they're going to be less prepared to defend kind of what what this team is trying to do. Um, If I recall from last year, though, they have good safeties and they play them in the box a lot. And they use that to try and take Lamar away. So maybe maybe it will be similar looks in terms of what we're going to see for Buffalo. We're going to need to see a similar offensive game plan um, where they're going to have a lot of guys in and around, around the line of scrimmage to try and take that away. Yeah, I think Buffalo it does have a slightly better defense than the Titans, um, especially in the secondary. They have some really good good players in the secondary. You know, starts with Tre'Davious White, but they have a couple of really good um, safeties as well. Um, and then you know they've they've good linebackers and they have a good d- defensive line too. Like it, it, they're not a a kind of rollover defense like the Titans are. And Titans have been str- struggling on defense all year. I think everybody who's followed the NFL closely is, is aware of that. So I think the Ravens going out and putting up 400 yards of offense and, you know, the 6.3 yards per play isn't a huge, 
huge surprise. Um, I think the biggest surprise from this game was how the Ravens handled the, the Titans offense, which is also one of the best in the NFL. So looking, you know, we'll talk more about the Buffalo game, but, you know, obviously the Bills had a tremendous offense this year behind Josh Allen. Um, I think one of the things I want to take a look at is is how he's performed against better defenses, especially defenses that can, that can um, you know, show him some different looks and coverage and get, and get some pressure in his face. I think that's where he's actually played some of his more um, or least impressive games. Um, so I think the Ravens might, you know, be able to provide fairly um unique set of of you know different types of looks that than what he's seen this year so i think it's going to be a great game obviously there's going to be the allen jackson comparison as as the two quarterbacks taken from the same draft class so i think we can take a look at that comparison as well so there's some fun things that we're going to, going to bring up um over there at film study baltimore situation room yeah. So, um, you know, make sure to check out um, at Ravens or at Film Study Ravens. That's Ken. He does an awesome job um, at his website. He's got some great articles about, um, you know, rating the offensive line, the defense, all kinds of good stuff and great content from um, Ken McCusick. So check him out. Um, we're glad to be part of his site and be part of that. Um, my co-host is at Gabe Fergie. I'm at BSL Jordan Cohen. Um, we'll catch up with you guys about Buffalo soon. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.